Hi, this is Dr. Villanueva, Chief Health Coach for Modern Holistic Health. Today we are going to be discussing the GAD or GAD mutation and how that can influence the GABA levels in our brain chemistry. Let me just move some stuff around here. So the causes of GABA imbalance can be many. And if you listen to any of my other presentations on brain chemistry, you will remember that just like with serotonin or dopamine levels or norepinephrine levels, your brain chemicals can be influenced by a number of different factors, including malnutrition, environmental toxins, leaky gut, stress, and even prescription medications. But what about our genetics? You know, our genetics can also have an influence on the levels of our different brain chemicals. And, and that trickles down to how we feel and how we function neurologically. The GAD gene is responsible for the conversion of glutamic acid into the neurotransmitter GABA. What's very interesting is that the precursor of GABA, which is the glutamic acid, is a stimulant neurotransmitter in the brain. But once it's converted to GABA, GABA is a calming neurotransmitter. If we're having issues with the conversion of glutamic acid into GABA, our glutamic acid levels can increase in our brain and actually have quite an excitatory effect, which can make us have a, a lot of different issues like anxiety and mind racing um, and, uh, and several other symptoms. Now, when we're talking about GABA mutations or, you know, GABA-related mutations and specifically the mutations in the GAD or GAD gene, we are discussing how the GABA is not being converted from the glutamic acid. So when we have mutations in the GAD gene, what's happening is that we're not able to have the conversion and therefore that oftentimes can leave us with a deficiency of GABA. When we have deficiencies of GABA, that can lead to several different types of symptoms, including sleep disorders, issues changing your mood. So for example, if you wake up in a really bad mood, you just have a really hard time getting over it and, and switching over to a good mood. Or if somebody upsets you during the day, you just cannot get over it. So that's the type of personalities that are typically associated with low GABA levels that are secondary to the mutation. Other different symptoms include spasticity of the muscles, which may be noticed or even diagnosed as a restless leg syndrome, um, and severe mental physical fatigue, <coughs> excuse me, memory loss, loss of motivation, anxiety, poor impulse control, depression, and a lowered pain threshold, which means that you feel pain a lot easier than you should. So whenever we are talking about GABA mutations, we want to go back and discuss, you know, do we have a single mutation 
which would be called a heterozygous mutation, or do we have a homozygous or double mutation? Now, the single mutations in a GAD gene typically don't carry as much influence as the homozygous or double mutations. But when we're looking at the genes that influence GABA levels, we want to take a look at both of the GAD genes, so the GAD1 and the GAD2 genes. If you have single polymorphisms or single SNPs in each of those genes, then you may have a bigger influence, or that may have rather a bigger influence on your ability to convert glutamic acid into GABA. However, if you have a, a homozygous GAD mutation, then that definitely can be a root cause of excessively low GABA levels. It's also interesting to understand and to note that when you have gene mutations in your GAD gene, in particular the homozygous or double mutation, we want to understand that that can affect the way that we do, or that can determine rather, the way that we want to do gut repair in those clients because if they have a GAD mutation that is a homozygous mutation and that gene or those genes are malexpressing, if you give the client or if the client is taking any type of L-glutamine-based product, which are commonly found in gut repair products, they may very quickly notice that they have increased agitation, increased anxiety, and that they're not able to sleep. And the reason that that's happening is because the L-glutamine is causing the glutamate levels to rise very quickly in the brain and those glutamate levels are not able to convert to GABA. So when we have someone with mutations like this, we want to have different approaches to gut repair and avoid, in most cases, products that have L-glutamine in them. We also want to look at methylation genes. Whenever we are looking at genetics and how they play a role, in influencing not only our brain chemistry, but our body chemistry as a whole, we really want to look at a bigger picture. Let's remember that just because you have a gene mutation in a particular gene, it, it, it is not telling us that you are doomed to have a particular problem, all right? It is just showing us how it can influence and change the biochemistry or the neurochemistry. And we really want to look at a bigger picture. So when we're looking at brain chemistry cases, we are looking at many different possible root causes and we're trying to identify what those causes could be and if they're playing a factor in why the person is struggling with brain chemistry imbalance. We, we do look at the, at the genes that are influencing the brain chemistry, but we also look at other genes that have an indirect effect on brain chemistry. And so in this case, you know, we're also looking at methylation genes. And you'll hear me talk a lot about methylation genes because they don't just affect some of the brain chemicals like dopamine and serotonin, but they affect over 250 different chemical reactions in the body. These are like your main engine drivers in your body. And if these guys are not working optimally, it's going to trickle down to 250 different chemical reactions 
or 250 other different, you know, engines, so to speak, in your body. And that's definitely going to affect brain chemistry. So we definitely want to make, make uh, sure that we take a look at other genes and not just the neurotransmitter related genes. Um, other factors also to consider with GABA production is that if we are low in our GABA, it's not always going to be just a gene mutation. And even if you see the gene mutation, we don't want to make the assumption that, oh my gosh, that's the only thing that's causing the low GABA in this particular client. We want to take a look also at nutritional deficiencies. If we are deficient in different vitamins or minerals or amino acids, or even fatty acids, so B6, L-theanine, you know, GABA, glutamine, we want to look at a lot of these other nutrients that we need that help drive the conversions and production of GABA levels. And if we are deficient in any of these things, we need to take a few steps back and figure out why we're deficient. Are we having malabsorption issues, maybe secondary to leaky gut? Are we having infections, environmental toxins, heavy metals? What else is going on that is causing the lack of other nutrients that are needed perhaps to make our GABA? Here's a case study of a 26-year-old male that came to us having many different symptoms. His biggest symptom was that he had absolutely no motivation. This young man is a pharmacist and he understood the detrimental and dangerous effects that the pharmaceutical route could cause for him. And he wanted to avoid that. And I was absolutely so excited to work with this young man because of his background in pharmacy and his understanding of, of how the pharmaceuticals, you know, may not be the best option for him. And, and he understood that they were not going to fix the underlying root cause of his issues. So he was having so much apathy, lack of motivation. He, he was having trouble sleeping. He was having severe brain fog, decreased memory recall. He was having restless leg syndrome at night. So he was having muscle twitching. He pretty much had every symptom in the book when it came to his um, to how he was feeling and, and, and having low GABA levels. He had pretty much every symptom that came with that. And when we tested him, which was in, in October, we could see that his GABA levels were definitely low, but he also had low serotonin. He had low dopamine, low norepinephrine. He was pretty much low in almost all of his neurotransmitters, as you can see here. We did a lot of testing with him because we needed to find what were the root causes of his low neurotransmitters. And amongst the different issues that we found, one of the big contributing factors with him just so happened to be that he had a double GAD mutation. If you look down here in the red, you can see that he had a plus plus, which is a homozygous GAD mutation. We all can, and we just for simplicity, we'll call that a double mutation. Interesting to note, he also had a, um, a, a series of mutations in his other neurotransmitter genes that were helping to regulate his dopamine and serotonin as well.
And this was taken four months later. And, you know, we started addressing what we found based on the data. Four months later, we came back and we retested to see what progress that he had made. He was already feeling great. This young man had all of his symptoms resolved. Even his eating habits became better because he, he had lost his, his hunger mechanism. So he just did, had no appetite either and had lost quite a bit of weight subsequently. He got his appetite back. He actually started dating someone. He was smiling when he came in. He actually you know, had excitement and energy in his facial expression. And when he was talking to me, he was feeling great. And that's wonderful. We want that subjective data. We want to know how the person is feeling because that's super important, especially to him, right? He wants to feel better. But it's really important also for us to get objective data. We want to see labs. We want to see data. So this was four months later. And as you can see, almost all of his neurotransmitters were back in range. And, uh, you know, his serotonin was low, if you remember. His GABA was very low. Dopamine was low. Um, and, and his, you know, his norepinephrine and epinephrine were low. We still have a little bit of work to do, but whereas in the before, you could see that he was low in almost everything, um, everything here is, almost everything is pretty much in the green. And his GABA levels look so much better. Understanding your genetics gives you answers and solutions. It's empowering. Don't be afraid to take a look at your genes because your genes are not dooming you to a life filled with problems. Your genes are telling you the secrets of how you can get your body better and how you can optimize and, and what supplements that you need to take very specifically in what dose and for what indication so that you can restore normal body and brain chemistry and so that you can maintain that for the long term. Considerations to take with the data-driven and genetic, and genetic approach to helping to restore health issues from you know, brain chemistry imbalances and neurodegenerative disease all the way to autoimmune disease and, and, and other mystery type illnesses is that you get consistency with testing, which can help you to determine what modifications need to be made to ensure progress as you go along. It's very motivational for the client because they not only can feel their changes, but they can see the objective data. So it's, it's very enlightening both to the practitioner and to the client. And it helps with commitment because the retesting allows for us to see the continued progress and the sustained long-term results. And if we're starting to see a change two or three years later, because we've been consistent with our annual testing, we can catch a problem before the client falls back into that rabbit hole and we can fix it and keep that person with sustainable health and sustainable um, uh, you know, lack of symptoms, so to speak. And we can use the data to drive our short-term and long-term plan of action with the client. And by understanding how the genetics play a role in the biochemistry and how it can influence how the person feels and how the person performs, 
Um, you know, that is how we get long-term results. And that is how we can help people to not just feel better and come back to normal function, but we can help them to function optimally. I hope this was great information for you and that you learned something about the GAD mutation and how it can affect our brain chemistry, specifically when it comes to GABA levels. Have a great day and we will talk with you soon.